Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw. He's the CEO and co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us. Orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich, as well as Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. It is December the 7th, and on this day in 1941 at 7.55 a.m. Hawaii time, a Japanese dive bomber bearing the red symbol of the red rising sun of Japan on its wings appeared out of the clouds above the island of Oahu. A swarm of 360 Japanese warplanes followed, descending on the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in a ferocious assault. The surprise attack struck a critical blow against the U.S. Pacific fleet and drew the United States irrevocably into World War II. With the diplomatic negotiations with Japan breaking down, President Franklin D. Roosevelt and his advisors knew that an imminent uh, Japanese attack was probable, but nothing had been done to increase security at the important naval base at Pearl Harbor. It was Sunday morning, and many military personnel had been given passes to attend religious services off the base. At 7.02 a.m., the two radar operators spotted large groups of aircraft in flight towards the island from the north, but with a flight of uh, B-17s expected from the United States at the time, they were told to sound no alarm. Thus, the Japanese air assault came as a devastating surprise to the naval base. By the time the first Japanese bomber appeared over Pearl Harbor on uh, December the 7th, 1941, tensions between Japan and the United States had been mounting for better part of a decade, making war seem inevitable. Much of the Pacific fleet had been rendered useless. Five of the eight battleships, three destroyers, and seven other ships were sunk or severely damaged, and more than 200 aircraft were destroyed. A total of 2,400 Americans were killed, and 1,200 were wounded, many with uh, valiantly attempting to repulse the attack. Japan's losses were some 30 planes, five midget submarines, a fewer than 100 men. Fortunately for the United States, all three Pacific Fleet carriers were out at sea on training maneuvers. These giant aircraft carriers would have had their, their revenge against the Japan in six months later at the Battle, battle of Midway, reversing the tide against the previously invincible Japanese Navy. The day after Pearl Harbor was bombed, President Roosevelt appeared before a joint session of Congress and declared yesterday, December the 7th, 1941, a day which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. After a brief and forceful speech, he asked Congress to approve resolution recognizing the state of war between the United States and Japan. The Senate voted for war against Japan 82 to nothing, and the House of Representatives approves the revolution with one vote, uh, 388 to one. The sole dissenter was a representative, Jeanette Rankin of Montana, a devout pacifist who had cast a dissenting vote against the United States' interest in World War I. Three days later, Germany and Italy declared war against the United States, and the U.S. government responded in kind. <clears throat> The American contribution to a successful Allied effort was spanned four long years and cost more than 400,000 American lives. Amazing. 
I want to wish, uh, by the way, our Jewish listeners a very happy Hanukkah. The Hanukkah holiday begins tonight and uh, lasts for eight days, arriving during a global spike in anti-Semitic rhetoric and attacks. Hanukkah's message of finding light in times of darkness has taken on even a greater resonance and meaning at this time. U.S. stock markets closed lower with the S&P 500 and Dow sliding for the third consecutive days. Uh, U.S. gas prices uh, fell to an 11-month low as the United States crude oil prices dropped below $70 a barrel. So we're just, uh, I guess the big employment news comes out on Friday. Well, I know the investors will be looking forward to that. It'll have an impact on the market. Well, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, a Harvard alumna, had multiple rounds of questions for presidents of Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania for their failure to condemn anti-Semitism and anti-Israel rhetoric on campus. Following her first round of questions, Congressman Stefanik continued to question Harvard University's President Claudine Gay about Harvard receiving funds from foreign entities and governments and their failure to discipline students who espouse anti-Semitic views. In a final line of questioning, the three presidents refused to say whether calling for the genocide of the Jews is bullying and harassment according to their code of conduct, even going so far as to say it needs to turn to action first. Billionaire hedge fund uh, manager Bill Ackman is calling for the presidents of the three prestigious universities to resign in disgrace following their comments during the congressional hearing. The Harvard alumnus was uh, angered by his Alma Mater's leaders, Claudine Gay, along with the University of Pennsylvania's Liz McGill and Massachusetts Institute of Technology President Sally Kornbluth, for their failure to call out anti-Semitic protests that have taken place on their campuses. In short, they said it depends on the context and whether the speech turns into conduct. That's actually killing Jews, Ackman said in a post on X. This could be the most extraordinary testimony ever elicited in the Congress, certainly on the topic of genocide. These uh, three women, the presidents of these universities, I think, were smirking. They're uh, condescending, and I agree, they should be fired for these comments. I mean, if you're not allowed to, turning into action, can you yell fire in a crowded movie theater if there's no fire? This is, uh, this is absurd. Their, their con- context comments make no sense. Well, Representative Kevin McCarthy announced he would resign his House seat at the end of December. He made his announcement in the Wall Street Journal op-ed on Wednesday. The Californian pledged to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started, he said. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for, re-elect- for election office. He continued, the Republican Party is expanding every day, and I'm committed to lending my experience to support the next generation of leaders. In other words, I'm going to get the guys that uh, in the Republican Party that didn't vote for me and uh, make sure they're replaced. That's pro- probably what he has in mind. Anyhow, McCarthy sits on a large war chest and has been said to harbor ambitions of taking out the eight Republicans who joined Democrats to expel him from the Speaker's chair. His resignation will further chip away at the House Republican majority coming days after the House ousted George Santos, uh, furthering further Speaker Speaker Mike Johnson's uh, difficulties. McCarthy did not mention any specific career opportunities, although he will undoubtedly be highly sought after corporate uh, America and K Street lobbying groups. I'm sure he'll be sitting at the trough of uh, uh, the uh, public uh, bounty. 
Kevin McCarthy. I'm not a big Kevin McCarthy fan. I think he should have been replaced. Quite frankly, he'd still be Speaker of the House if he just kept his promise that he made that we we would have regular order in terms of making budgets uh, instead of uh, having a continuing resolution for the budget. Even with fewer participants on stage, the GOP presidential candidate, uh, candidates produced plenty of entertaining spats, one-liners, and viral moments last night in the debate without former President uh, Donald Trump being in attendance. Uh, the four national Republican, uh, the fourth national Republican National Committee debate, hosted by News Nation, which apparently I had never heard of. It's been been around for a couple of years. The Washington Free Beacon and the Megyn Kelly Show featured uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, of course, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ravaswamy, and uh, Governor, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie for a rather heated program. Christie wasn't addressed once for the first 17 minutes of the show as the remaining trio waged a war of words over transgender surgeries for kids and uh, corporate corruption. But the lid of the uh, Moody Music Hall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama soon blew off with back and forth that ginned up crowd and required the moderators to break them up after being hesitant to respond to attacks during the third debate this time around the candidates didn't wait for moderators to give them a chance to refute their competitors. What may have sparked the quarrels between the candidates was the direct questioning from the moderators, and I really salute Megyn Kelly especially for act, acting, asking direct questions to the candidates. The first question of the debate came from Kelly, who addressed the elephant in the room and asked DeSantis why he was still in the race despite underachieving. <laughs> Pretty direct, huh? Uh, Kelly then asked Haley if she was too tight with banks and billionaires to win over middle-class Americans at, before grilling Chris Christie about his low approval rating among his party. That's, that kind of set the tone for the whole thing. Previous moderators were criticized for failing to ask questions that really mattered. And uh, again, the winner of the, of the uh, contest, I think the debate, again, was Donald Trump. No question in my mind. But irrespective, of, it was an entertaining debate, if nothing else. And I think lar- in large part because of the preparation of the moderators, especially Megyn Kelly. She did a nice job. Well, legendary uh, comedy writer and producer Norman Lear died yesterday at his home in Los Angeles at the age of 101. The Emmy Award-winning writer of CBS's 1970 sitcom All in the Family was credited with pioneering socially aware uh, topical hit TV shows. Born and raised in Connecticut in 1922 to Russian migrants, Lear served in the Air Force in Europe during uh, World War II, moving to Los Angeles uh, afterward to uh, try comedy. Early success with writing for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis led the movie productions into the 1960s, including Oscar-nominated Divorce American Style. He'd become a household name with All in the Family, a Queens-based sitcom centering on Archie Bunker, uh, with uh, uh, many uh, critics claim dealt effectively with sensitive social topics. The show would spawn off six spinoffs, including The Jeffersons, one of my favorites, the recipient of several Lifetime Achievement Awards, uh, Norman Lear. What a tremendous contribution he made uh, to our culture, dead at the age of 101. Well, a gunman opened fire on the campus of uh, University of Nevada yesterday, killing at least three people and critically wounding at least one other. The suspect was killed at the scene after the shootout with police. It marks the second such mass shooting on a college campus this year, following a February attack at Michigan State University that led three, de- three dead and eight injured. Separately, a suspect believed to have killed six people and wounded three others in Tuesday's shooting spree across San Antonio, Austin, Texas, was charged with capital murder. 
Americans uh, continue their appetite for ownership of guns, according to the data provided by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Firearm sales remain consistently strong with over a million per month for more than four years running. Gun sales have surged in recent years as a response to multiple factors, including COVID-19 pandemic, the 2020 Black Lives Matter riots, and a general uptick in concern about violent crime. Defund the police and all that nonsense. Uh, Senate Majority uh, Chuck Lee, uh, Schumer said Tuesday he plans to bring to the floor legislation to resurrect the nation's assault weapon ban, which expired nearly 20 years ago. His push to pass the bill might charitably be described as a Hail Mary. Democrats hold a 51 to 49 advantage in the Senate, and far more modest gun safety efforts have run aground in the chamber in the uh, Republican-ruled uh, House. <clears throat> and finally, in this segment... Uh, Taylor Swift is the person of the year for Time Magazine. Now, their selections have not always been great, but she's her contributions to 2023 were pretty monumental. The Fed even gave her a shout-out for boosting the U.S. economy this summer through massive spikes in hotel bookings surrounding her concert dates. The year's tour is expected to become the first concert tour ever to gross over a billion dollars, and Swift herself has become a billionaire this year. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Even even the Bears game, the twenty uh, ch- September twenty fourth Chiefs and Bears game had got her support. She was in the audience for their boyfriend Travis Kelce on the field, and the viewership increased by eight percent. So Taylor Swift, Person of the Year. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call at johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder and a CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. 
Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. I hope you find out more. Visit the website and get some tickets to some great upcoming performances. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Law. He is the co-founder and uh, CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots coalition uh, now of over 260,000 people here in Florida um, and uh, a lot of different groups that work together to try to protect our children uh, from what's going on in our public schools. So we get very involved in and fighting for parents' rights, um, stopping the indoctrination, um, school cho- expanding school choice without government regulation. And so those are some of the kinds of things we get involved with. Yeah, and I just want to underscore how important your work is. You've had a major impact, the Florida Citizens Alliance, on the quality of education in Florida. Now uh, highly ranked, uh, one of the uh, best school systems in the nation, and uh, gone on our uh, Common Core and so many other things that, that you've had a positive impact on. So, GoFLCA is the website, goflca.org. So, uh, Keith, I understand you were just returning from Tallahassee. Yeah, fourth trip up there that so far this season. I just got back last night about seven o'clock. Uh, we're up there for two days. We had a really good uh, uh, couple of days on multiple fronts. Um, we've been fighting to and I don't want to get into too much detail, but we've been fighting to get rid of the sexually explicit material. And in Florida, we have a criminal statute it's called the uh, Florida Statute 847. But that has a major loophole in it that goes back to a Supreme Court decision back in uh, 1979. Um, it's called the Miller Test. And uh, long story short, uh, we now have sponsors in both chambers in a really strong legal case uh, for modifying that to protect uh, to protect our uh, minors. Uh, Sheriff Rombosk is involved, uh, Sheriff Grady Judd supporting, and uh, and we've now got super sponsors in both chambers. So I expect that bill to be filed next week in both chambers. Outstanding, Keith. Well, congratulations. to you. How, many, how many meetings do you have? In a, were you up there for a couple of days? Went up there for two days. Primarily, we, we only had four meetings, but it was with leadership. And uh, so... Um, you know, we met, um, there's another major effort, and, and I know uh, Senator Pasadena was on your show a number of times. The Senate has put forth uh, three education bills that are called deregulation bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some major issues with those between the two chambers, and we have some concerns, uh, and in a couple of cases, some strong issues. Uh, so we had an opportunity to meet with uh, uh, t- two of the three uh, um, sponsors in the Senate, 
and uh, and, and they listen. Uh, you know, you never know, but I felt that they were listening genuinely to our concerns. So we'll see. Uh, they cl- clearly said there's going to be some major changes. Um, so uh, that's all good news. Um, the House is uh, going to struggle big time with some of the elements in that. Um, you know, like uh, uh, one of the big elements in, in one of those bills is taking away um, the uh, uh, right now in Florida in third grade, uh, you, you have to be able to pass a test at a certain level to be able to advance. Mm-hmm. Um, their bill takes that away and lets a parent determine whether the child advances or not hmm. at the end of third grade. Why would you have it? Uh, why would you let a parent and I understand parents rights? Yeah. But the uh, but the other 20, 20 parents in that classroom have a right too. Yeah. And if you're moving an illiterate child into a classroom of, of 20 people who can read, 20 kids who can read, that's not fair to the rest of them. Right. So that's one of the, that's just an example of one of the, the elements that we strongly believe need to be fixed. Well, congratulations on your good work, Keith. That's all is so helpful to us here in the state of Florida. Uh, now, you introduced me to Kevin Freeman, who's the author of Pirate Money. And concerns about these uh, uh, digital currency, and I understand there's been some project or progress on that front. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there were two bills, and they're uh, called the State Legal Tender and uh, Bullion Depository Bill. And there's actually two of them linked. The first one defines what it is, uh, and that's House Bill uh, 697 for those who want to look it up. And then there's a linked bill uh, that provides. Uh, 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 protection for anybody who uses that process so that you, you, the public uh, no longer has a public rights request to find out if you've got gold in that depository. So uh, the, that bill was filed uh, three days ago in the, in the House along with its companion bill, and then the Senate just filed both of those same bills, identical bills, um, yesterday. So uh, that bill, uh, uh, that set of bills, because it's actually linked, um, is a uh, now moving forward, uh, so we'll see. I'm told the speakers uh, on the House is on board. Um, I believe Senator Baxley, uh, Senate Pro Tem, is very much on board. Uh, so we'll see. You know, it's a it's a very important issue, and uh, uh, I would just encourage our listeners to take a look at Kevin uh, his uh, Freeman's book. It's called Pirate Money. Just uh, Google it; you'll find Pirate Money. Very interesting, and uh, again, protecting us from the kind of a uh, assault on individual liberty that we're seeing in uh, communist China and other places around the world. So again, Pirate Money by uh, Kevin Friedman. I'll, Keith, I always appreciate your very well-informed commentary and helpful commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bob, for having me giving us an opportunity to share what we're doing. Uh, my pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. 
they personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner uh, is serving breakfast, lunch, and now dinners Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Terrific value. Great chef, Chef Richie. I hope you'll stop by Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. I can't. We're not doing it. Um, we just reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it keeps growing. It does indeed. So, you know, one of the things you've raised a concern about in our discussions, weekly discussions, Biweekly, actually, is the uh, uh, the situation of the trade between our, our adversaries, especially communist China. Yeah, I, I just did some research, just some quick, you know, napkin, bar napkin research this morning, just because I was, I, I knew something. China, we in 2022, we imported 576 billion dollars worth of stuff from communist China, and. Every major in, in import category, China's the leading exporter to the U.S. So we basically funded the growth and development of our number one geostrategic enemy. And I've, I've, I've said this for years. We didn't do any trade with Soviet Russia. Right. None. We, we put embargoes on them. We, 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 we tried to blockade the world from buying their wheat and their oil. We didn't. We didn't send them six hundred billion dollars a year, or the equivalent. You know, thirty years ago, forty years ago. Um, it's just. It's just. It just goes. Sh it shows the length to which the globalists have taken over the country, 
Well, um, my, my we big have, concern about this, have, my big concern about this, Keith, of course, is the, the national security threat because of the pharmaceuticals, all the things, the rare earth materials, uh, <laughs> everything from batteries, you you name it. We are putting ourselves at tremendous risk. They're the risk. number one export of the U.S. in every category, wow. in every category, in every single category. We import more from China than we do from anyone else. I mean, that is just so stupid. And then you've got. You know, we've got Biden now, where James Comer, the representative of the congressman looking into this, just released evidence that Hunter Biden was sending Joe Biden weekly or monthly cash payments right. from the exact same account Communist China was wiring Hunter Biden money. Uh, and it's not just Hunter Biden. You know, Mitch McConnell's wife is tied into the Chinese Communist Party. Um, China owns Washington, D.C., and they own the colleges around the country. They were, they were funding the Confucius Project, which was setting up departments all over the, all over, in colleges all over the country. We saw this with Joe Biden with his million-dollar-a-year no-show job at the University of Pennsylvania. He got the job, and five seconds later, Communist China was dumping millions of dollars into, into the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I, I even looked into, I, I, I should have looked up, I don't know how it turned out. Um, Washington, D.C., the metro system, was bidding out, um, they needed new subway cars for the metro system. And they were letting China bid. Yeah. Now, let's, let's imagine that they, let, let's, 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 let's play this, let's gain this out. We have guys riding, <laughs> riding subway cars subway trains to the State Department, the Defense Department, the Ho Department of Homeland Security, and they're sitting on China's spy tube. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and of course we know they've been buying, we shouldn't be letting them buy any land. I mean, one of the reasons San Francisco got so expensive is the, the Chinese Communist Party members were buying real estate in San Francisco. And therefore, driving up the price because if anyone who's been to San Francisco knows, it's packed in there tight. There's not, you know, it's very hilly. There's not a lot of room, so real estate is at a high premium anyway. Right. And when you start selling the millionaire Chinese Communist Party members from overseas, it drives up the price even further. Um, well, how about how about the farmland next to military bases? Well, how about right. the how about the farmland they purchased in in Maine? They've got forty different just, yeah. forty different farms raising marijuana. It's a billion multi billion dollar business in Maine to sell marijuana uh, across the yeah. country. Well, well, even worse than that, they're, they're, we allow them to buy farmland next to our military base. Yeah, unbelievable. That's a, that's a good move. That's a good move. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an amalgam of de departments. D.C. departments called CFIUS, the Council on Foreign Investment in the United States. Mm. And it's the Defense Department, it's Commerce, it's, um, I'm sure DHS is involved, it's uh, the State Department, it's a bunch of different departments that are supposed to get together and review foreign purchases inside the United States. And there's no way any operational, any functional CFIUS uh, board would allow pretty much any of what we just listed here. Right. 
Just unbelievable. See, and, and the, again, we should be uh, starting con- companies here in the United States that uh, produce, for example, rare earth minerals. We've got so many regulations, really. The pr- we've got them in our in our territory. We just don't aren't, don't have the the regulate. We've been regulated out of business, and so we have to go to places like right. China in, in order to get them. Well, it's it's a vicious combination because, of course, we've got nine <clears throat> nine trillion regulations. We've got high taxes. At multiple levels, uh, you know, federal, state, local, county, city. Um, plus, you've got um, and you know laws like you know uh, wage laws and stuff like that. And you're competing with slave labor that pays nothing in China. And you know, every time Disney or Apple gets their backup about the immoral United States, I'm like, really, how's the slave labor treating your iPhones and iPads in China? Yeah. Uh, Tim Cook, you clown. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, and by the way, and I want to, I think this is an important point. Uh, Foreign Policy Magazine is not very widely read, but it's read by the globalists. It's, it's a globalist digest in the United States. And I think it was in March of this year, they had seven full-length articles, and five were on India. And what does that tell you? We've grown China so successfully with our money that it's now becoming less profitable because they actually the wages have gone up in China, the costs have gone up of manufacturing in China have gone up enough. They're now going to move all of their operations to India. Watch this. This is happening. It's starting to happen now, but it's going to happen at large scale. And they're just going to move all their overseas operations. They're, they're globalist pirates. They're going to whatever cove offers them the best deal. Yeah. And um, heaven for fem, they move, return to the United States. That's that's not on the uh, list of possibilities. You, you just wonder uh, who the you know, political elite. Whose side are they on? <laughs> you know, what about they're ma- not on our side? What about making America? So they haven't been for decades. Yeah. I mean, I looked it up. I was born July 12, 1971. Two weeks later, the U.S. went off the gold standard on the dollar. Yeah. Four weeks after that, Kissinger made his first trip to China to start rip- dumping our economy in- into their country. So my entire lifespan has been one rapid decline of the United States. So sad. How's everything in Belize, by the way? Spectacular. Uh, that's Speaking of levels of government, that's one of the advantages here is if you live in the U.S., you've got a giant corrupt federal government, you've got 50 corrupt state governments, you've got 2,000 corrupt county governments, you've got 5,000 corrupt city governments, and they're all picking your pocket and being nuisances and regulating you out of existence. Down here, there are no state governments, there are no county governments, there are no city governments. There's a federal government. It's corrupt, but it's tiny. So on a day-to-day basis, your your interaction with the government is practically nil. Sounds so wonderful it, to me. It's, yeah, yeah. Just to, I'm building a house. Uh, you you apply. It takes. They almost always say yes on the on the plan. It, it takes six weeks to say yes, but they say yes, and then they come out at the very end. And as long as you you can be actually change your plan, you know, if something comes up during your build and you want to change your plan, as long as it's not a major change, you don't have to contact them and get permission. You just do it. They show up at the end, they look at it, they they kick the tires and go, okay, it's standing, and <laughs> and you're good. See, and as I, as I said, when I wasted $100,000 on 
regulate regulatory mandates in Collier County, Florida, in Goodland, building my house. I said, who cares more about the house being safe than me? I'm living in it. That's right. So you don't need a you don't need to mandate all this crap to make it quote unquote safe which doesn't make it safe. It just makes it more expensive. Right. I'm going to worry about it being safe because I'm living in it, you clown. <laughs> Seat Valley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006, and a couple of years ago, he replaced my hip. So grateful for his care. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Just listening to uh, the commercial, Dr. George Markovich, he's on the line right now. He is my orthopedic surgeon, replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm so grateful, just helped my mobility so much, and then also replaced my hip just a couple of years ago. I remember I was laying in the, uh, in the bed saying, uh, when's he going to replace my hip? <laughs> 
she said, the, the anesthesiologist said, well, he already did. <laughs> so just an amazing experience. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, doctor. So uh, I know you've got some energy around well, what's going on with regard to anti-Semitism and what's happening with their moral bankruptcy here that we see, it especially in our higher education uh, places. And this uh, Congressman Elise Stefanik, She's a Harvard alumna. She had uh, multiple rounds of questions for the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and U- University of Pennsylvania. Did you happen to see it, and what were your thoughts? I saw clips. Uh, I was just uh, mystified and just shaken. I think that was just unbelievable to me. I, I also attended graduate school at, at two of those institutions, Harvard and MIT, and and <clears throat> just the the... I mean, abject, uh, <laughs> you know, obfuscation of uh, what happened. I think you said the term moral obfusc- uh, moral, uh, just just incredible. Bankruptcy. I, I was, yeah, I mean, it's the, the distinction they're trying to, well, it depends on the context. Uh, I think they all kind of got together and, and agreed on what the script was going to be. But it dep- right. is there a context where speaking about anti-Semitic speech is, is, uh, is permissible? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, Supreme Court has said, you know, you may not be able to define pornography, but you know when, you know, you, you see it or you hear it. And and I think that the same goes with hate speech. And, you know, here's two groups of students that are equivalent in every other way except for their religion. And one is viciously attacking the other for things that they don't have any direct involvement with. Right. <clears throat> if that's not, that's not, you know, insanity, I don't know what is. And then, you know, the questioning, I just wish somebody, at least Stefanik or somebody, would have said, well, just fill in the blank with... Instead of Jew, you know, African American, Japanese, uh, LGBTQ, whatever it is, and see what the answer would have been. But you had three individuals and the sycophants behind them uh, trying to do everything they could to not admit the fact that they are allowing one group of students and other people that are paid to protest to vilify people that have religious beliefs that are different than theirs. <clears throat> and nobody seemed to have ever watched the Nuremberg trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just apparently haven't advanced very much uh, in the last 90 years. And, and so I, uh, I watched, and I couldn't believe what I saw. It was appalling, actually. It was, and, of course, you just wonder about the politics behind all this. Who are they trying to appease and who Bob, are they... I think you faded out. Yeah, who, who, who are they trying to... Uh, uh, appease in this entire process. I mean, uh, I know that there are students there that are just, Hello? I'm going to call them ignorant. They were ignorant of uh, what's, what actually happened in Gaza and in Israel. So, they, so uh, they're supporting these, uh, I, they're not even human. I don't know how you can describe that behavior as human behavior of what happened with uh, Hamas. Are you there, Press uh, George? Hello, George. Are you there? I think we've locked, lost Dr. George Markovich. I can't, I can't hear him on the show, so nevertheless, anyhow, I just appreciate his his candor about this issue, and uh, I would also recommend that 
Uh, if you have any kind of problems with your hips, your, your joints at all, don't live in pain. Get some, Do something about it. You can visit Dr. George Markovich, again, orthopedic surgeon, my orthopedic surgeon. Again, replaced both of my hips, or both of my knees in 2006 and my hip just two years ago and uh, just did a remarkable job. Actually, checked in, 6.15 in the morning. Uh, I was uh, on the gurney and ready for an operation at uh, 7.30 in the morning. And I was getting in the car and going home at 11 o'clock in the morning. Full hip replacement in uh, 2006. Just an amazing experience. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Uh, they prepare elected officials to do a good job in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, Bob. It is always my pleasure on this beautiful, brisk, cool day outside. I hope you're not playing golf today. Actually, I am. Is it cold out? <laughs> oh, man, is it ever. <laughs> you better wear your long john. That's Uh-oh. all I can tell you. Yeah. Uh-oh is right. Uh, yeah, it's cold and it's and it's breezy. I went out to get the paper and about froze. Uh-oh. So, anyway, yeah. I, hey, listen, you can handle it. Well, I'm not a big fan of the- cold weather, though, but, but anyhow, thanks for the heads up. So, any good scoop sure. going on here locally? Uh, let me let me tell you. I I would tell you yesterday's council meeting was one of um, 
of dismay. Um, watching Teresa Heitman at her absolute worst. Um, started out with um, the uh, people from um, the beach club uh, were there, okay? And they, the last thing they really had to get squared away was the Porter Cashier out in front of the, of the club, okay? Uh-huh. And um, they, uh, they had the minimum that they could take or that they could do would be a one-lane um, because that's what council wanted into the hotel, uh, the park, maybe two cars, or you could have three cars underneath it, which to me just didn't make sense. And um, But council was absolutely insistent that, that that's as far as they would go. And um, the, uh, the, the, the group just said, we, we can't do that. We, we just can't. You have to look at the of the of the uh, dimensions and everything else, and they had one design that was beautiful, that would have certainly worked, and Heitman just went nuts. The bottom line, Bob, was that they stalled it again. She did. She said, "Well, there are questions that I don't have answered, and I don't understand this, and whatever." It's the same routine with her. If she doesn't like something. And this is just a pattern for for years now. If she doesn't like something, she will say, well, my questions weren't answered. And that was exactly what it was, regardless of what was presented. Okay. So I don't know. um, I don't know where it's going to leave off. Now they have one more meeting in December, which it's not going to be discussed at. And they told they um, she, the council, told the. the, the group to um, the beach club group to to go back again and 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 come up with something else and McCabe of course uh, we know we can get there we're just not there yet and Hutchison asking all kinds of detailed questions that he said I'm just not sure and then we get this one guy up there who's who's a uh, a thorn uh, every week shows up at council, but he's a, he, unfortunately he's, um, well, or fortunately he's a bright guy, uh-huh. but um, he has his, his direction in the, in, but he goes in the wrong direction. But anyway, he chewed them out that was using codes and whatever it is that they couldn't have done this and what have you. And it's just, uh, it was just a mess, Bob. We watched it for, oh my gosh, probably what, two hours, Chris? Yeah, we, we, we watched it for about two hours and it was just on the beach club and trying to resolve it so they could get on and finish it up. It's been two years, yeah. uh, over two years already they've been messing with this thing. And you know what? Well, well over two years. You know, in 2018, and and I know we're on a short time, but on 2018, um, when our council, when my council, when they first came and we worked with meetings and, and, uh, and had public groups come and look and, and give their opinions and everything, we had a basic plan that was really good, and with this, with this porter they had one in there, okay? It was fine, and they had permission to do it, and they still do. So I don't know where this is going, but I'll tell you what, um, it'll go past the election, that's for sure, and maybe that's what we need is a new council in there and a new mayor to get this thing uh, moving. And I mean, they're spending a fortune, and they're getting stalled, and, you know, there are people on that council that although they won't tell you, they, they don't want it. So, you know, very sad. Very sad to watch yesterday. 
Well, I mean, the, the project is approved, so the, you just need to have the finishing yes. touches. And, and uh, to me, how does this benefit the citizens of uh, Naples to have this, well, the, this kind of stalling going you, on? Well, that and how about the hospital, Bob? I mean, that's coming up again, and they, they're, they're um, you know, they just talk and talk and talk. And listen, they're going to, they lose that hospital downtown. Um, that's going to be a shame. It's going to be really sad because it is a world-class heart institute, and, um, and they keep coming up with things that just, uh, that, that they don't like and that they're tweaking, and um, uh, it, it's just, it's sad to watch. And they're getting upset, and yeah. I can understand that. Um, council just has a way of thinking they're, you know, and then they go back to old councils. Well, if they had done this and they had done that, and it's like, <laughs> you can't do that. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah. It, it must yeah, be painful as being as being one of the best mayors in the nation to watch through what's going <laughs> on at this point. It's got to be so difficult for you, so frustrating. It, it really, it really and truly is frustrating frustrating um and and um you know there's nothing that i can do about it except hope for um you know to move to get a new council in there and uh, some 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 like gary price elected mayor and uh and uh, uh bill bill kramer elected as a council person and a couple other council candidates and and go from there yeah and uh, go from so, there indeed so you didn't happen to watch the debates last night did you you know what? We missed it. So tell me real quick what 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 happened. Well, a lot of fireworks. Uh, part, partly because I thought uh, the moderators did a nice job. Uh, for, right. And uh, they asked very direct questions. Like uh, uh, the first question was to Ron DeSantis. Uh, you know, he, why are you still in the race? Your numbers aren't going up. <laughs> oh, well, I sure you heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So and I guess I guess my point is that the, it kind of set off the fireworks, and it turned into kind of a food fight there, uh, with <laughs> with uh, personal attacks, ad hominem attacks, all kinds of things going on in the stage. So uh, again, in my view, the real winner of the debate, Donald Trump. Yeah, the more they do that, the more points he gets. But the biggest thing I think with with with, with Donald Trump is um, is somebody going to tell him that he can't that he can't run? I mean, I know Colorado yesterday they had a big case going on there about um, something to, to do with him uh, running for president, and was there Fourteenth uh, Amendment issue? They're basically saying can he have his name on the ballot? I think it's gone to the Colorado right. Supreme Court. But here's the right. thing: it's all gonna. It's if it gets to the Supreme Court of the United States, which it will, if in fact the Supreme Court makes the wrong decision, it's going to be overturned right. anyhow. So they're doing everything in their power right now to try to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. Uh, right. The, there's nothing is working, and uh, now uh, all the big money is trying. They're trying to put money behind Nikki Haley to see if if, if uh, she can prevail right. against Donald Trump. Uh, you right. know, the reason we like Donald Trump, in my opinion, is because he, he wants to make America great again. I don't see anything on the political front going on right now that says they will, anybody wants to make America great again, except for Donald Trump. Right, right. Uh, and that's true. But he's got so many things to overcome, Bob. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting watching. Um, I, every day it's something. Yeah. But he's determined, and uh, like you said, every time they have a debate, he gets more points. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill, so, uh, just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so well, much thanks. for joining us. 
My pleasure, and uh, stay warm today, will you? All right, you too. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got a lot of good information. Sorry to lose uh, Dr. George Markovich there. Always look, look forward to uh, our conversations uh, with the good doctor. I uh, hope you join us tomorrow. We've got some great guests, including uh, uh, William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Michael Cannon is director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute, and uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, and author of about a dozen books. His latest, Architects Beyond uh, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries: My uh, Life uh, by Design. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I just really appreciate your listening. I hope you pass the word on to your friends. Let them know that uh, it's one of the ways we support our advertisers, expanding our audience, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>